innovative, often duplicated. When enough people get on the trend, I elevate it. Make it way harder for them to follow what I take. It hard to swallow like a lozenger lodged in your trachea. Goodness gracious, bruh, I can never make this up. So just take your stuff, rake it up, and take the bus. Never fake the funk, you painted skunks. You played enough, I'm lifting bars to outer space, so the weight is up. Fight. It's always kind of dangerous to meet the people you admire. So often we build up our heroes in our minds, and if they don't live up to expectations, as they so often do not, then you're disappointed. I'm happy to report that Hanette Stack, who is one of the most accomplished competitors of all time in jiu-jitsu, certainly in, among my top three, is just as nice and just as cool as everyone says. Hanette is a well-respected instructor who teaches in Chicago and may be making her return to the competition mat soon. I was fortunate enough to talk with her uh, on a recent road trip to Chicago. And speaking of road trips, while myself and Betsy O'Donovan are making our road trip from Durham, North Carolina to our new home in Bellingham, Washington, we were able to record this show uh, to tide you all over while we get set up in the new location. If you're interested, you can always keep track of our journey at DirtyWhiteBelt.com. You can also hit us up on Instagram at DirtyWhiteBelt or on Twitter at DWB Radio. You can always email me personally at Jeff at DirtyWhiteBelt.com if you have any questions, suggestions, or possibly topics that you would like to hear covered as we travel across the country. And if you know the route we're taking and you know somebody that we should interview along the way, do let me know that as well. Without further ado, here's our interview with Hannette Stack. Hey, Jeff Shaw. Hey, Betsy O'Donovan. So you know how we talk a lot about the difference between self-defense and competition? We do. I was thinking the other day about how submission-only tournaments are kind of the perfect marriage of those two things, right? You're getting to practice competitive skills, but you have to be able to do what you do in a self-defense situation, which is end the encounter. And I know you have an amazing story about (laughs) what happens when sport grappling is not paired with those uh, finishing skills. Most definitely. You have to be able to survive the encounter and be able to end it. And we had a guy at our academy who had learned Barambolo way too early, so he could take your back at a pretty advanced level, but didn't really know any submissions. And he goes into a submission-only tournament at U.S. Grappling, ends up Baromboloing the other guy who was a wrestler who also was pretty new and also didn't know any submissions. And so this dude Barambolos this guy over and over. So they're rolling around the mat. Barambolo, Barambolo takes his back, can't finish. Other guy escapes. Barambolo, take the back, can't finish. Other guy escapes. After about 45 minutes of this, our guy ends up having to tap because the other guy shoves his sweaty gi in his mouth, and a sweaty gi in your mouth will make you tap after 45 minutes sometimes. <laughs> I'm totally imagining this like a cartoon fight of a cat and dog where there's just a spinning cloud of dust. <laughs> it's like that, but with more sweat and pajamas. <laughs> so, um, yeah, I think if you are ready to do a submission-only tournament sometime, first, make sure you know how to end your match. And second, <laughs> sign up for the next U.S. Grappling. Which is June 30th in Columbia. South Carolina if you want to do submission only or you have opportunities to compete April 28th in Richmond, Virginia and May 5th in Greensboro, North Carolina for points tournaments. Our favorite tournament organization is U.S. Grappling. Be sure to support those that support us and thanks for listening. So why did you first start training jiu-jitsu? I first started because like I had a friend who uh, used to do jiu-jitsu 
and I saw her like doing, and I was like really interested in um, in trying the the, the sport. Um, actually, like um, I I had a friend who did jujitsu. I was like inter interested in in doing, but um, one of my uh, close friends, he was like, a, he saw me like a rock climber, he used to rock climb at the time, and he's like, oh, you have like a really good grip, you should like, you know, do jiu-jitsu. So that's how he brought me to like a one class, and then I just like, I fell in love with the, with the sport, like the philosophy, like uh, being able to, uh, as a smaller person, like uh, still have a chance against like a bigger person, so like um, all the, the aspects of jiu-jitsu, that was like a, what kept me like uh, doing. Mm -hmm. So were you interested in competition right away, or did you get started because of self-defense, or did you always know you wanted to compete? So uh, in the beginning, I wasn't like I wasn't like a very much interested in like a self-defense. I don't know. Uh, it was like a different times. I guess like I didn't have like a, the um, uh, I I always like I thought I could defend myself kind of like a, <clears throat> uh, but uh, I was like always very competitive, and I really wanted to do to com to do jujitsu to compete. And the school was like uh, I, I started training. They didn't have like a, uh, as we have right now a class like a just structured with self-defense and like a, kind of like a, the foundation was kind of like a survival mode. So everybody's like a one class. So I guess like the mentality was more like a competition, and that's why I I was like a more focused to the competition. So. Mm -hmm. And you're one of the most accomplished sport jiu-jitsu competitors of all time. You've won the Worlds multiple times in the Gi, you've won the Nogi Worlds, won ADCC several times. I'm wondering, do you have one achievement that really leaps out at you as something that you're most proud of in jiu-jitsu? Um, I, I feel like sometimes I don't think I don't think too much about my journey in jiu-jitsu. Uh, I was doing things like um, because I wanted to uh, just like a challenge myself and accomplish more. And I never thought about like the rewards, right? Mm -hmm. But uh, thinking like uh, right now, I think when I won the EDCC was uh, the big, the biggest moment in my life uh, because I was like um, coming to the United States, and it was like um, uh, a competition that I lost uh, the previous one. So I I came like hungrier for the the next one, um, and it was my first one. After I decided to move to United States, so like at the same time I decided to move to United States, so it was like a big, you know, a big start. Let's put it this way, and it was like the competition that made my, uh, let's say, my trademark, like my, made me like a famous for the flying armbar, and it was like a final of like a, a big tournament. So I think that's the one. It's like what was the biggest, but all the other world championships, like each one has had like its importance. Uh, the first one uh, just being like a purple belt at the time and uh, being able to compete against brown and black belts because all the, the divisions were together combined. So I remember like the first tournament I did like a five matches and were like a tough five matches. So it was like at the beginning, like uh, the, the first one I felt like I could like do more. And like uh, when I moved to like the United States, when I decided to come here and doing the ADCC was my start as a professional here, like kind of like a, a new life here in the United States, mm -hmm. like um, being like a more well known here. I was like a someone in Brazil, and then I became someone here too. So. And now you have a successful academy, and I'm wondering when did you start your academy, and what how how did your journey progress from competition to teaching? So when we moved to to here uh, to Chicago in 2007, uh, I was still like in a prime of the competition, still competing, 
but we did have the desire of like opening our own school. And in the beginning, because we're we're not like a Brazil 21, Brazil 21 was like established in uh, 2009. Uh, but before used to be André Negão BJJ Club, which is like my professor's um, uh, school, and Hanet's Tech BJJ. So it was kind of like a confusing for everybody, the students and everything. So we decided to build Brazil 21 in 2009. I think like 2009 was the year we took it more like uh, to the next level because then it was like not only me, myself and you know like my my partner so became like a much more we had like a much more people in brazil because it was like a something neutral it was like it wasn't names right so i guess in 2009 was the time i made like a you know like a, this more kind of like a transition uh, i had to slow down my competitions 2010 i didn't compete uh, the main tournament because i was like a, a focus on the, uh, our school so it was the first year we took brazil 21 and we started uh, the school um, and then I competed a couple more, 2000, uh, 2011, 2012, until 2014 was my last one. And then I, I plan to do something, something more. We'll see. <laughs> <laughs> kind of waiting on announcement, the, the, the uh, comeback. Yes, yes, I can't wait to come back. It's like, you know, like I said, uh, my priorities like a change a little bit, but if I have to decide whether um, going there and doing myself or give the opportunity to my students right now, it's like, you know, like it's a choice I will have to make and life like a take you like, but it's not like a bad thing because now you kind of like, you can experience like a, all the sides. You can uh, make someone from like a, from scratch, right? Like uh, we have like, you know, Kristen Martin who is right here. She's like, you know, uh, world champion as a brown belt last year, got her black belt. so. We kind of like a building, you know, new people, and that's like a makes your journey even more worth it. You know, like a much more uh, valuable, right? So, in addition to teaching here, you also I know teach at some of the Groundswell Grappling Camps with some really outstanding other instructors. And I'm wondering, do you approach those teaching sessions differently than you do when you're teaching here at the school, or what do you get out of those Groundswell Grappling Camps? Um, yes, I do. Like a, it's like a different environment because. Uh, I understand like a, schools they have like a different rules and like a, some people like a, they you know like a, they we have like a one way to teach here uh, and we go like a different schools everybody will have like a, their own style but basically the, the core like a, what we the, the values we learn in jiu-jitsu will be the same so I guess like you know like a, those people who have, have uh, the same value as we have here they get together but they don't have a chance sometimes to experience this in their school so when they get together, it's like a different experience because uh, here everybody kind of like grew up in the same 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 uh, same uh, mentality, right? But in some other places, like uh, you know, you have people sometimes they don't know how to roll with women or like uh, like people have like a difficulties like uh, approaching like you know some like uh, some matters. So I, I guess like it's like a more uh, where people come like uh, they 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 want you just do more than jiu-jitsu. They want to solve this kind of like a problems they have maybe, or not even problems, but like a just, you know, like a, some issues they going through their lives and like we can, and here sometimes like, you know, I feel like in the school, we don't have time to do this as much mm -hmm. because we like a focus on like, a, you know, like a, the technique and, but it's good to have like, you know, outside sometimes I get together, you know, that's what we do here too. Like a, sometimes like, let's get together, like, you know, like a, the, uh, girls, girls' nights, or something like this, you know, like to, to 
go outside of jiu-jitsu and like try to like um, be not only like um, partners here inside of the match but you know real friends right mm -hmm. i guess like you know like uh, the the those camps like uh, you can approach other people and like uh, spread this like a uh, right message like you you know this like uh, i feel like it's like a positiveness right like you give to, like, to other people you're always like a connecting you're always like a hugging like you know that's what i experienced like actually like uh, uh this pan ams just like uh, seeing people and like uh, just hugging and like uh, giving like a uh, good energies it's all about like you know like uh, spreading the, the right message of jiu-jitsu for me Hey, Jeff Shaw. Yes, Betsy O'Donovan. You want to know the weirdest thing about traveling with you? Do I? You do. And here it is. It's that no matter where we are, you somehow always find a fellow jiu-jitsu practitioner. That's true. It may be my collection of dozens of Toro BJJ t-shirts. Or the ears. Yeah, the ears are also a dead giveaway. <laughs> um, so my favorite example of this might be when we were in Belize City uh, at the airport on our way back from our honeymoon. Do you remember? Absolutely. We were in the airport and I saw a guy wearing a Gracie University shirt and I came over because I was wearing a Toro BJJ shirt. And five minutes later, you were best friends. So if you want to make friends and influence people all over the world, go to ToroBJJ.com and get one of their three for $25 t-shirt deals or just one singular t-shirt, all of which will introduce you to foreigners wherever you go. Also makes it less awkward when you double like them in the airport. What do you think the right message of, of jujitsu is for you? Like, what is jujitsu about for you at the end of the day? Uh, Jiu-Jitsu is like for me is like a big part of my life. Everything is like a connected. Like since my husband, who is like my professor, uh, my profession, right? Like my 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 work. I don't feel it's like a, it's a work, but uh, everything is connected for me. So Jiu-Jitsu is like a. I cannot compare other person who does Jiu-Jitsu, but I, I think like the values, like what we take. Uh, like the the not giving up, you know, like always like a trying like your your best, and uh, sometimes you have like a uh, hard situations in life, and we can pretty much like uh, take jujitsu to everything in your life. So uh, in the beginning, when I started jujitsu, for me it was more kind of like you know I want to compete, I want to be the best, and like uh, as I continue uh, in the sport, it became like a way to connect people like from all over the world, and you can uh, you know like just if you're like a good person and you like think about like um, uh, good things, like how to get better, you can also like, uh, you know, like not only teach jujitsu, but you can also like uh, sometimes if like someone, uh, they're going through like a hard time in their lives, you can connect with jujitsu. You have more people here. It's like, you know, like we beat each other, but like, you know, it's staying together. It's like the feeling of staying together and like, you know, kind of like a, during that time on the mat, if you have a choke, if you have like a position, like a tight technique, you cannot think about like, you know, the problems outside. But it's not that you're forgetting about your problems. Sometimes it's like actually helping you to like become stronger, to overcome those situations like in life. You understand? So it's like not that you like, oh man, I'm like just wasting my time there, like rolling and, you know, like, but... It's, it's like a teaching you like uh, how to overcome other things in life. So that's like a, that's for me like it's jujitsu. Now like uh, thinking about like all the, those years why like uh, jujitsu will always be present in my life even if I don't compete uh, or if like you know but I'll always be like a uh, teaching and like uh, sharing like uh, this message. You know that's like uh, my message. Mm -hmm. 
What do you know now at Black Belt after all these years that you wish you'd known like when you first got your blue belt? And like, so advice to, to folks that are in that situation. That's a good question. I never <laughs> thought about this one. I have to think about this one. So, wow. I think like uh, maybe the... Um, because when I started, I pretty much like I would start winning like uh, the you know the the competitions most of the times like because uh, it was very intense. Um, yeah, like you no know, now now I, I know like a good one for this one, like uh, respecting like uh, my body like uh, and not overcoming like a uh, training like uh, sometimes with an injury just because I need to like uh, compete into like. So I would like uh, if I knew now like uh, that my body would be like uh, man sometimes like oh man I remember those like this time trying to resist those guys those guys passing my guard but anyway so it's like I wish I you know I I regret like not like but I think that's that's um, what I would I wish I've known mm-hmm, mm-hmm. sometimes like um, uh, less is more right less is more. Mm-hmm. What is your training regimen like these days? Like, how often do you train, and do you pay attention to like, do you, do you supplement it with like other forms of exercise, and do you pay attention to nutrition, things like that? Yeah, like um, uh, now I um, add to my uh, training the CrossFit. Hmm. Although, like you know, like I'm waiting for my personal trainer. I have like a personal trainer. He helps me like every competition since 2002. Um, and like a, I'm talking to him like a, for like you know just organizing everything for um, probably like my next competition <laughs> but um, I, I started doing CrossFit and uh, was like the, the I think was the biggest reason why I could like a, drop some weight and like a, be healthier just like giving me like a, extra exercise because my body's pretty much used to the jiu-jitsu exercise right because I'm here uh, but I, I still come to the match like um, you know like uh, four times a week, not to, like uh, not only to to teach because I teach like uh, here too, but to to train. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, but I, I complement my my training now with CrossFit and like uh, some other uh, trainings. Like when it gets closer to the competition, like uh, he will you know add like uh, maybe like uh, some more uh, technical drills or some more like a. Uh, uh, so it will depend on what he's like a. Uh, has in mind, but right now it's like you know pretty much like a four times jujitsu, and I would say like a three times, sometimes three, sometimes two CrossFit, mm-hmm. just because my main priority is jujitsu, right? Yes, if you because CrossFit is pretty much I feel like it's pretty much like jujitsu, the mentality like a competing, but like uh, their goal, their main goal is is CrossFit, and my main goal is jujitsu, right? Stay healthy for the next day to teach. And I think that's why people, like, sometimes, even with jiu-jitsu, like, you have to respect the beginning. You know, it's a process. You, you don't go swim, swim on the, you know, like, a, the, the deep part of the pool before you know how to, to learn how to swim. You go, like, you know, maybe, like, you go, like, some part, then you go to the other one. But um, CrossFit is the same. So you have to respect your body and can know what's your main goal. Your main goal is, like, just to be healthy, just to, like, you know, keep staying in shape for jiu-jitsu or like uh, your main goal is like to be fit then you know you have to like know your priorities right now my priorities like to improve my technique in jiu-jitsu get better in jiu-jitsu of course but still stay in shape you know like a condition it helps a lot like with the you know just like the breathing the cardio because I think that's my that's my weakest side now because you know as you grow go a little older <laughs> 
So you mentioned that you were just at the hands, and there are a lot of really exciting competitors now, a ton of amazing matches. And I'm curious, when you watch jiu-jitsu, and you can include your own students if you want, but like, who are some of your favorite jiu-jitsu competitors to watch these days? I think like um, uh, probably like um, some of the exciting matches were like a Leandro Lowe and like you know these guys like uh, the medium heavy me- middle medium heavy divisions. Uh, because like I feel like the lighter divisions they 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 go for like a one advantage, especially on the um, adults division, right? Because it's so close. Sometimes they want you like uh, just be, play safe, and I think that's what we we're missing, uh, you know, like uh, in jiu-jitsu right now. People like uh, they are playing too much safe, mm-hmm. but they you know like then we have like incomplete. Uh, athletes, you know, you have people who like someone will get the mount position and they will just like stay there, you know. So I feel like you know people like they, of course, you have to create like a strategy for your match, and of course, when you go to the tournament, you're going to work on your strategy to win. But the, that's the problem. I think the rules have to change in order to like you know for those things to get better, right? Like um, uh, I had a problem with the 50-50 situation. And uh, I was like uh, asking the the referees about like you know how come like the person at the bottom will get like a penalty and the person at the top doesn't get a penalty if the person on the top stalling the same way as the person at the bottom was stalling, and they just told me like oh we we cannot give like in, we don't give uh, stalling points for the person at the top and I'm like but that doesn't make sense so one person who does jujitsu who has been in that situation you know many times they will know. If you put someone in that position, the person won't move. So I feel like sometimes the rules were created for someone who does not do jiu-jitsu, maybe, or does not like go in, in those posi- positions, and they feel like uh, you know, oh, like uh, yeah, that makes sense. They would just hear about and they like, oh, that makes sense. But no, you have to actually go through the situation, and then you're going to put like, oh yes, you cannot move from here. Yes, you can move it from here. You can do this. You can. And that's what's missing, you know, just like, you know, this part. So, like, uh, yes, the strategy is good, uh, but I feel like, you know, people are uh, safe. They're playing safe because our rules allow this to happen. Do you understand? So that's, like, um, what I, uh, I think about the competitions now. Mm-hmm. But you asking, like, for the exciting matches. Yeah. Leandro Lowe, I think, was, like, a great match. Like, you know, like, someone who is, like, always, like, a very intense, like, with the takedowns to, like, a Muhammad, uh, you know, like, mm-hmm. matches. But actually, like, the, that guy, there was one guy who fought on the lightest division. He, was, he fought, like, a Gianni Grupo in the final. Uh, like, um, I forgot his name, but from uh, Lloyd Irving. So, like, mm-hmm. that was, like, a good, a good match. Like, he was, like, just so fast. And, like, a last minute, like, the guy got, like, a, so very good matches there. I'm, like, a big fan of, like, a watching um, just, like, a, the tournament because then you see what really works. And what I what I saw this time that the basics will always like prevail. I saw some people like they you know they could stall, but if they knew like the person they could like just like go for the if they went for the basics the person would not know what to do because like I said like going back like what I said before people were just like playing safe, but when you see someone they they just go for a good mount position or solid guard pass. It's kind of like they get lost, and that's what I like. You know, I notice that the this pens like open my eye, my eyes. How how many people, you know, playing like this kind of game, like playing safe, and like just the um, uh, people like still like being successful using the basics. 
you know, the basics will always work. Mm. That's what we're missing. Black belt division, you see like a lot of the basics, like a solid. One technique will make a big difference and you see it's basic, mm. right? So amazing. Jiu-Jitsu is amazing. <laughs> I can talk too much. Oh, <laughs> uh, no, never, never. No, Jiu-Jitsu is amazing. Um, um, yeah. So is there anything that I haven't asked about that you really wish I would have asked about or anything about you or your school that you really want people to know? Um, I don't think like, a, no, I think like we cover everything, but just like a giving like a message uh, about everybody. So like sometimes we go, you know, through rush, uh, rough times in jiu-jitsu. Like it's always like, a, you know, I always say, people ask me like, have you ever felt like you, you uh, went to a plateau in your career or something like this? Sometimes you like, a, you have different priorities in like a different parts of your life. But I, I always tell people like a, do not like um, quit jujitsu because for me like uh, I would never imagine jujitsu could take me here and like you know uh, or be the person I am today because of jujitsu have like uh, been to so many places like outside of Brazil or even in Brazil like uh, just traveling and uh, of course life is different for everybody but uh, there's a reason why we're like uh, doing this sport I feel like we have like uh, a connection you know, a real good connection with the with the sport, and you know, why give up? <laughs> <laughs> Most of, well, thank you so much for taking oh, the thank time. Thank you, thank you. As you're listening to this, we're probably traveling roughly through Nebraska. As I've mentioned, we're going to be down to a once every two weeks schedule while we travel across the country. But we still have a lot of great shows that are pre-recorded for you. And if you can think of someone that we should interview while we're driving across the country, let me know at Jeff at DirtyWhiteBelt.com. My thanks to Hannette Stack, who was patient, kind, and I'm really grateful for taking the time to do this interview. And my thanks to Chrissy Lindsay for helping to set it up. This is Dirty White Belt Radio. My name is Jeff Shaw. We'll be back at you again in a couple weeks talking to Jose Tufi-Kairus for a maybe two-part show about jiu-jitsu history that I think is going to blow your mind. Thanks for listening, everybody. (laughs) 